Hello, hello, welcome back to my podcast. Uh, let me just grab some water because I just got off work and I do not drink enough water to stay hydrated. Okay. So I hope you guys are doing well. Just wanted to uh, quickly record another episode here before I drive home and forget and have like no motivation to record an episode but we'll try to get it done before we get home so today i am wanting to talk about or wanting to review pancreatitis i've seen a couple of these well i guess the worst case of pancreatitis now in the icu that i'm currently um just starting at here so wanted to quickly review for those of you out there who are still studying or just want a little bit of a refreshment on the disease so let me just grab a drink of water. Okay, I should be able to talk a little bit better now. So for pancreatitis, I'll just do a little overview. It's basically like inflammation of the pancreas that can range from mild and life-threatening. And the patients that I've seen in the ICU are like very exacerbated form of pancreatitis where it has led to like literally infection and then sepsis so they'll come in with sepsis and then they'll discover that the patient has pancreatitis and that that was the original source of the infection um, that caused the sepsis so I see a lot of people coming into the ICU with that Uh, so the overview it basically it can be acute or it can be chronic And it's basically, if it is chronic, it can produce irreversible tissue damage with chronic, um, basically, inflammation. And those um, enzymes in the pancreas getting into areas of the GI tract that they should not be, that don't have, like, that protective mucosa layer. So, usually, sometimes, it's idiopathic, so we don't know, like why it happens but then a lot of it can be associated with having the biliary tract um, occluded or obstructed or someone who has biliary tract disease can have also pancreatitis as a consequence of the biliary tract not working properly and then of course alcoholism can cause pancreatitis and obesity is a risk for pancreatitis trauma is a risk for pancreatitis and certain drugs can induce pancreatitis so the pathophysiology is basically in the acute pancreatitis enzymes that normally get excreted into the small gi tract the duodenum by the pancreas are activated in the pancreas so usually the enzymes are released sent to the duodenum like through the tube that's like connected to the duodenum from the pancreas so they just kind of get secreted into the small GI tract and then they get activated but the issue is when they get activated before they get into the small GI tract so when that happens you can start having basically the enzymes that get activated start digesting the pancreas itself and that will cause inflammation that will cause an immune reaction that will cause the inflammatory process that's happening if it goes on long enough basically that um, flesh in the pancreas that gets 
digested can become um, infected and then it becomes uh, systemic where the infection kind of travels throughout the patient's whole body and then they can go into sepsis. So basically inflammation causes intense pain for the patient. It can cause third spacing of large fluid volumes in the body. Pancreatic fat necrosis can happen with consumption of um, calcium and occasionally the patient might hemorrhage if the enzymes are eating through enough tissue when they're being activated in the pancreas itself. So for chronic pancreatitis, it's basically progressive inflammatory changes that lead to permanent structural damage of the pancreas. And so the exocrine and the endocrine functions of the pancreas are disrupted. It can no longer do its job properly. And then you get these moments of reactivation of this inflammation from the enzymes being reactivated inside the pancreas causes as i've already mentioned it can be unknown so idiopathic sometimes patients can have genetic mutations that make them more prone to pancreatitis or developing pancreatitis and risk factors for acute pancreatitis i've already mentioned alcohol abuse is a huge risk factor they can also um, if they smoke it's also a risk factor obesity i've already mentioned is a big factor and then um if they have really high triglycerides, that's also a risk factor. If they have hypercalcemia, is also a risk factor, but this may be due to like hyperparathyroidism, which puts them more at risk for hypercalcemia, which then puts them more at risk for acute pancreatitis. So drugs that can induce or cause pancreatitis or put you more at risk for developing pancreatitis are uh, sulfonamides, diuretics um, and then pentamidine your girl cannot say words that's all I have to say <laughs> and then of course infections such as mumps hepatitis B acquired immunodeficiency syndrome you can also get cytomegalovirus or CMV and also um, if the patient gets blunt or penetrating abdominal trauma, that can cause pancreatitis. And then abnormal organ structure is also a risk factor. Pancreatic cancer, of course, is a risk factor. And then, of course, race is a risk factor, so it can affect blacks more commonly than it would in whites. And this is acute pancreatitis. So chronic pancreatitis, alcohol abuse, genetic mutations, ductal obstruction, um, systemic diseases such as lupus or hypertriglyceridemia. And I actually took care of a patient who had pancreatitis because they had hypertriglyceridemia, which is like really high triglycerides. Like for some reason, this patient was just prone to having high triglycerides. And then it caused them to have like pancreatitis. And then also, what else? Complications. Diabetes mellitus might result if the pancreas can't do its job anymore. It's not just for digestive enzymes. It also regulates your blood sugar, producing insulin, glucagon, all of those things. So you can develop diabetes if your pancreas um, starts basically 
not doing its job because it's being affected by pancreatitis that it can no longer do its job. And then, of course, massive hemorrhage. Those enzymes are eating through the pancreas. Pancreas has blood vessels. And if it eats a hole through the pancreas, then your blood vessels are exposed. And that is a major bleeding wrist area. And then shock, of course. Just um, shock from hemorrhage or just shock from sepsis from pancreatitis. And then acute respiratory distress syndrome they can also get. Uh, the patient's also at risk for atelectasis and pleural effusions. Patients also at risk for pneumonia. Patients also at risk for paralytic ileus. And then GI bleed, of course, that hemorrhaging. And then GI obstruction is also a complication of it. Um, pancreatic abscess and cancer is a risk of it. Chronic pancreatitis is a risk of having acute pancreatitis. Malnutrition, of course, your body can't digest properly when the pancreas is not doing its job. And then they might also get pseudocysts and acute kidney injury. And then that might just be from like pre-renal diseases. So if if the body is um, third spacing, so basically fluids is going where it shouldn't go, like outside the vascular system, then there's not enough fluid, not enough uh, volume getting to your kidneys, and your kidneys will have like acute kidney injury from that because there's not enough coming from the hose to work with right so and then of course death is always a side effect of most uh, diseases if not treated so things you can look for for your assessment is assessing if they've had this is very vague nausea vomiting of course a lot of diseases present that way and then also you can look at their history, if they've had a history of alcohol consumption or medication that might have induced the pancreatitis, that might be a sign of looking towards pancreatitis. And then acute pancreatitis, they might get sudden, steady, intense epigastric pain. Um, usually it's centered and close to the umbilicus, and then it radiates to the back, Um also, for them, the pain might be aggravated when they start consuming fatty foods because the pancreas basically makes those enzymes that allow you to digest fats. And then when they start consuming alcohol, it might worsen the pain. When they're walking, it could worsen the pain if they're lying down. Basically, the patient is uncomfortable all the time when they start having this pancreatitis pain. Um, it might be relieved when they do sit up, but sometimes people still feel pain. Um, they might get bloating, which is very vague and um, nonspecific. They might get diarrhea, which is also very vague. And then for chronic pancreatitis, they might get like intermittent or constant dull pain um, in the mid to upper left abdomen. Possibly it could radiate to the back. It could last several hours for them. And then, of course, it would be aggravated when the patient eats like fatty, rich foods or alcohol. Um, they might get weight loss just from the abnormal consumption. Like, the patient might not start eating as much if they have abdominal pain. So, that's their appetite is probably not going to be inspired by constant abdominal pain. So, they'll reduce intake, which could lead to weight loss. And then they might get um, fatty stools, like slimy-looking stool, which means they're not digesting the fats that they're eating, which indicates something could be going on with the pancreas. Um, other physical signs that you can see basically or that you can um, observe 
would be hypotension, tachycardia, fever. Um, fever would be from the infection. Dysmia, shortness of breath, crackles. They might be uh, have some diaphoresis. They might have confusion if it's really severe. They might have hypoactive bowel sounds. Um, what else? What else? They might have abdominal tenderness, distension, rigidity, and guarding. And then, of course, um, diagnostics that we can run to diagnose pancreatitis or acute pancreatitis. They might do the amylase serum level tests, and then they could do the lipase tests. And then those will likely be elevated if something is happening in the pancreas. They could also do um, white blood cell count. They could do bilirubin. They could also do their tri um, triglycerides. They could do C-reactive protein to indicate inflammation in the body. They could also do, um, what else can they do here? Yeah, that's mostly it. Most of the time they can do a lipid and uh, trypsin levels in the stool if they wanted. So stool tests um, and a completed blood count. Imaging, they might do chest x-ray just to kind of differentiate the pain coming from the pancreas from other causes that might cause similar side effects. Um, they could do a CT of the abdomen. They could also do an MRI, which would give us a better imaging of the pancreas, the gallbladder, and just kind of the GI structures. Um, they can do endoscope just to kind of go in there, have a look, see what's going on. And then of course for treatment, um, if they're in shock, you treat the shock and usually they might get admitted to the ICU if they are in shock. Um, on the regular floor, if it's more kind of like stable, acute pancreatitis where the patient is not hemodynamically unstable. And then blood transfusion, of course, if there's bleeding happening, they might get nasogastric suctioning of the stomach. Um, and of course, this is protocol for all patients admitted. You're going to do um, prophylaxis DVT, prevent any clots from happening while they're in the hospital lying in bed, not mobilizing. And you're going to keep them nothing by mouth just to allow the pancreas to recover and they might start parenteral nutrition so nutrition through the IV just to give the gut a break give the pancreas a break um, and then once abdominal pain is controlled or starts to resolve then they might start to slowly slowly reintroduce them to oral feeds um, alcohol and caffeine of course will be eliminated in hospital but once the patient gets discharged encourage them to abstain from these or try to reduce intake and then medications so iv fluids for hydration of course analgesics for pain you'll be giving that because they'll have pain antibiotics for infection that could be happening in the body electrolyte replacement if there's a um, imbalance of the electrolytes and then of course um, you might get pancreatic enzymes to help them digest once they start taking in oral foods if their triglycerides are high, you'll probably start them on statins. Well, not you. The physicians will start them on statins, and you, the nurse, will give the medications as ordered. And, of course, do um, medication education to the patient. reason why we're giving it, the dose. And then just monitoring those lab levels to see if it's making a difference. Um, they might also be ordered some vitamin supplements. This is a lot of patients in the hospital get ordered, like, a lot of supplements that we put them on just to kind of boost up their levels and then they can choose to continue their supplement vitamins and such when they get discharged along with all the discharge medications they might get.
Um, and then, of course, surgery, but it's not usually like the first line of treatment unless it's very complicated. Then they might go in and do surgery. And, of course, they'll concert, consult gen surgeons see if they can do anything um, surgically. And, okay, so nursing interventions, basically you're assessing the patient, you're treating their pain, you're monitoring them closely for any signs that they might be worsening, and then you're assessing how they're responding to the treatment and keeping the patient NPO until you kind of know the plan. And then, of course, what um, if we're doing GI rest, what the alternative nutrition is going to be for the patient. Um, what else? What else? You're doing their daily weights. And, of course, if the patient needs help, you're repositioning them every two hours if you can just to kind of give them some mobilization and prevent um, atelectasis and um, further lung complications from immobility. And that is it for the review of pancreatitis. I might try to... Don't hold me on this, but I'll do my best to record another episode tomorrow after work. It seems like if I encourage myself that I can do it after work. Because when I get home, I get real lazy. And then I'm like, oh, I'll do it uh, tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. Anywho, you know the drill. Um, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Happy studying. Hope to see you in the next episode. Bye now.